and gentlemen, this is Manuel James Delgado, and I have my radio voice on. Hope you're ready for a great show. Missed you guys. It's been like a whole week since you've seen this beautiful face. I'm growing my hair out. I want to be uh, Justin Bieber, the Mexican version. So I'm going to be going like this all day. If you're watching live, you know that I'm flowing my hair. If you're just listening on the radio, you can't see it. So, oh well. Anyways, so uh, yeah, I have an awesome guest in the in the radio with me in the studio. And uh, it's going to be a really good thing. We're talking about the Father's heart. So get ready. Shall I introduce him right now? Are you guys ready for this? This guy is a rock star when you see him. Okay, wait, wait. I got to find the camera angle for this guy. Look at that beauty, dude. Hello, sir. Hey, man. How's it going? Very good. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So awesome to have you in the studio. Yeah. Like, we've bumped into each other a couple times, but only recently have we had some, like, some really good chats. Yeah, that's been I think really cool. Because you lived in Klaxvik. Yeah, I lived in Klaxvik for nine months, and me and my wife, we just moved to Arger in January. Yeah. So then we met, like, from then, I think, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And mutual friends and stuff like that. This guy's a Brit. I am indeed, if you can yes. tell from my voice. Where are you from in, in England? I am from Dover, which is in southeast England, which is just next to France, like 25 kilometers from France. Dover. Dover. White we'll Cliffs like... of Dover. We'll... Oh, wait. You, you know that song. Yes. you got to know that. But the, the White Cliffs of Dover, that's all the way down at the shore, right? That's right down there. Yeah, yeah it's basically I... France. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just have that underwater tunnel. Yeah, we have the underwater tunnel. We're three times closer to France than we are to London, and London's only like an hour away. Wow, that, yeah. that's weird. It is weird. That's weird. You should come. Yeah, definitely. I have been down south once upon a time. Uh, Southampton, Brighton, that area. That's right by the beach? Yeah. But that's not near you. You're, that's you're like... Close. That's more middle. Yeah, that's the middle. And then I'm to the east. Mm, so still yeah. not far. This same part Very of the world. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, Very cool. It's cool. All right. Well, you have both of us here. Can you see both of us? You can only see me there. All right. I'll fix the angles after this commercial break. We're going to play some music right now. But uh, I'm going to just be, you know, picking your brain because you are somewhat of a theologian. Something like that. Yes, yeah, so I can't wait to just People dig into... People tell me that sometimes, but I don't think it's true. <laughs> I can't wait for this. And then we're just, just hear about your story and, and get to know you a little bit better. So Nice one. If you are um, listening on the radio and you have a song request, prayer request, whatever, you can text message us if you're listening to this live at 521377. Uh, any like you, response to what we're talking about, you have a prayer request, song request, just send it our way. Otherwise, join us on uh, their their Facebook page, linden.fo. Just put that in the search and you'll find the page and you'll see that we're live right now. And then you can join us in the comments section there. I'm going to take a look to see if anybody's watching us there in a little bit. But let's play some music. And then when we come back, we'll jump into your journey so far with Jesus. Awesome. That type of stuff. Cool. Any last words? I have a question for you. Go for it. How did you get your hair so awesome? I don't know. I think I just model it on yours, you know, the whole <laughs> Justin Bieber look. Yeah. I think it even goes the same direction, doesn't it? So, yeah. Dude, you have, like, perfect hair. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Like, I mean, okay. That's never the mind. nicest thing anyone said to me today so far. So far today. Yeah, I'll hold out Good to know. Later. Good to know. Good to know. All right, guys. I'm going to play some, some Phil Wickham for you. Here's uh, an old school good heart full of praise. lost and could not see But you did not give up on me To save me from my guilt and shame You stepped into the world you made And on the cross of Calvary You gave your life to set me free Heart full of praise 
King of glory once enthroned Was laid to rest behind the stone But death would not have final say Jesus, you rose from the grave Now standing in your victory Your spirit is alive in me Forever I will sing your name Hands high, heart full of Teaser Phil Wickham's heart full of praise from his album Hymn of Heaven. And uh, thank you for those joining us on Facebook. Thanks to my wife. She's, you know, she's my, my biggest fan, she says. And she reminds me of things I forget. What's your name, bro? Simon Fellows. <laughs> yeah. Simon Peter, actually. Really? Yeah. Simon Peter. Simon I like. Peter. I like. Yeah. My brother's Andrew. So then when I was born, Come it's like, on. who's the brother? So. And Andrew was the older brother, right? He was the older brother. Exactly. Andrew Mark. And that's my brother's name. Dude! So yeah, that's how I got my name. That's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. Predictable, but why not? Yeah. Why not? Why not? My wife, she's very creative and um, all of our kids have Hebrew names. Oh yeah? She loves Hebrew names. Uh, and I wanted to make sure they were not... How can you say? You know, like there's some names like in Mexican, like in Mexico, there's some names that are just too Mexican. <laughs> like Alejandro or something like that. <laughs> Joaquin. <laughs> I was like, Jose. <laughs> we're not going to name our kid that. So, but we came up with some really good. Dahlia. That's a beautiful name. Uh, Ezekiel, Mekaya, and Ahava. They're beautiful names. Yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah, they're amazing. So, and then people ask, are you, are you guys Jewish? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. just no. followers of Jesus. Yeah, yes. we can have these names as well. Hallelujah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like we did that. No. Very cool. All right, Mr. Simon, uh, this is the first time you're on the show, and I think you have such an interesting life that you're living right now. Yeah. But I, I wanted to know about like you know your journey to Jesus. This you know, some people they've they've grown up as a Christian and then they've made a decision, which is totally awesome. I hope that for my kids yeah. that we can. Uh, have an atmosphere for them, family atmosphere, where they grow up in the presence of God, and then they make their own decision based on that. Mm -hmm. um, some people have an encounter later on in life. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to hear a little bit of background about your journey to Jesus. Yeah, that's right. No problem. I mean, how you just described it, what you hope for your kids, that's basically what my parents' approach was for me. Mm -hmm. uh, Christian family on both sides. So my, my dad's dad, he was a school teacher and Baptist pastor. Sweet. And then my mum was raised actually by Methodist missionaries. So she grew up to begin with in Panama and Central, in Central America. So a strong Christian heritage. And then her family moved back to Liverpool, where they're from. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, yeah, she grew up there and m met my dad when she was a teenager. Right. So, yeah, so strong Christian heritage on both sides. And they raised me and my brother as Christians. And so just two of you guys. Just the two of and us. And you grew up in the church. Yeah, we. I was born in Birmingham in the middle of England. Uh, and then when I was six, we moved to Dover. Uh, mm -hmm. And they were just a part of like free Baptist churches. Uh, yeah. And then when they moved to Dover, the best place as a family, or the only church in the village, really. Wow. There was a Methodist church and an Anglican church. Yeah. So they started going to the Anglican church. Uh, and that's really where I was brought up and nurtured uh, in faith. In the Anglican. In Anglican the, in church. the Anglican church, a bit like the Presbyterian church you, or something we, like that. What does that look like uh, as a family active in the church in this type of denomination? What do you guys do on a weekly basis? It looks pretty much like church does look like here. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've mm -hmm. been, I went to Bethesda when I was in Claxwick, uh, and here I've, you know, I've come along to City Church yeah, and I've been to Lifton. Yeah. All of those foundations of what it looks like are ultimately the same. It was very relaxed. It was very informal. Which people, yeah. when I say it was an Anglican church, like, oh, is it that like that? I was like, well, our one was. I mean, I, when I think Anglican, I think very conservative, posh. Yeah. Type, but I, I have no idea. That's just a, from an outside. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure there are probably elements of truth in that. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a bit like there were some parts of that, but it was just a really happy family church with lots of lots of people. So was your were your parents like the hospitable type? There was always 
there was always people coming and going in and out of our house. Um, mm. they, they actually, I remember my mum saying that when they got married, they prayed that that would be a ministry for them, that they could always have Come an on. open door policy and however God wanted to use them. Yeah. And yeah. still to this day, people are coming so in and out. So cool. But I remember I was, I was actually six in church, yeah. in that church in my village, when I first realized, I think, that God was real. And I think that was when I first encountered the Holy Spirit. What's that like for a six-year-old to have that revelation? It was, yeah, people often say, are you sure? I'm like, I'm 110 yeah, percent yeah. sure, yeah. and I remember the dates and time and everything, mm -hmm. because it was on Palm Sunday, the week before Easter. Yeah, uh, and we were having we call it in the Anglican Church communion. We were sharing bread and wine, mm. uh, and the guy leading it, he was saying the words. He was reading from Corinthians. That's what the prayers are based on in our church. Mm -hmm. You know, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. All of those yeah, things. Yeah. And I remember when he, he took the bread and we do this, he physically broke the bread and he said, this is my body and I broke it for you. And this is my blood and I shed it for you. I just remember in that moment in my heart, I knew it to be wow. true. I knew it completely. And that yeah. was my first real encounter. That's intense. Yeah, it was really intense for a six-year-old. Yeah. I just knew it. And mm. then for the few years after that, I kept on saying I wanted to learn more. I wanted to learn more. Mm -hmm. And then when I remember when I was eight years old, they were doing a <laughs> they were doing a baptism course. <laughs> I was thinking like I want to learn more, I want to learn more. And, and then when I was a teenager, yeah. I, and then when I was eight, but only it was when two I was eight. years, yeah, later. only two years later. But I mean, it went on. Ooh, you know, teenage years happened. So and, eight years old though. Eight years old, they did a baptism course like for the teenagers, usually like thirteen, fourteen year olds. Right. I wanted to be baptized in the church. Sweet. And I was insistent. I was like, I want to do it. I and really, you knew why you wanted to do I it. I knew why. I was like, because I'd had an encounter with Jesus yeah. Christ and I wanted, I wanted him to be mm. my Lord and Savior. Simple mm. as. Uh, so then we did this course and it was over the course of a year. Uh, and then I was baptized when I was nine. Uh, and that's when I say my, I began my Christian yeah. journey. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that I, it's, like I'm a-okay with my kids wanting to be baptized. Just, I just want them to know why. Yeah. But, but I'm a bit split too um, with, you know, how much do they need to know? Why? Because when you see the first church, when people were getting, you know, an encounter with God, they got baptized right then and there. Yeah, true. There was no course to take yeah. back then, right? And yeah. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the courses. I think that's really good because then, you know, we have these resources now and the church is all about that, like growing and advancing and using God's wisdom. And so I'm all for the courses, but I mean... Maybe sometimes we're too dependent. Yeah, I think. How, I don't know. How long what do? do you think? Yeah, I mean, how long do you wait to baptize someone, and how right. long should these courses happen for? Because mm. what what are we waiting for? Yeah, are we waiting for someone to be the finished article? Because then we're mm. going to be baptizing everyone. Yeah, on, I their, mean, on their deathbeds. I mean, you know, the first church was the first church, so these people didn't grow up with the Jesus factor. Yeah, they were like, you know. Revelation, just an encounter. Whereas we've had Jesus for you know over a couple thousand years now. Yeah, you grow up in a church, so I'm okay with the courses. Like I said, nothing wrong with it. But it's just about when. Yeah, should we allow people? And I think that's to be baptized? That, that's part of why. I mean, we're going to talk about some of the stuff in New Testament and Ephesians later. Mm, yeah, but you know, we're given all these structures about how to go about doing church mm, life, mm -hmm. and basically. We're assigned people of wisdom and people of mature yeah, faith. Yeah. And that's why those people are in church. Yeah. And the people that are baptizing, they should realize that, okay, okay this yeah. is a person, however old, mm -hmm. that they're expressing real, genuine faith yes, in Jesus Christ. Exactly. And we should trust our elders and our yeah. leaders and those yeah. people to Definitely. to make that judgment. Yeah, That was a little side note. Sorry about that. But uh, okay, so so you get baptized and you just have been full on your, your whole life? I mean, I went through the teenage years and everything. And I mean... I, I always think it's amazing in Farrowan is what a network uh, the young people have and how strong the, the church is. Yes. And actually in America, I've been there a few times. Yeah. There's a huge church culture there. Yeah. Where I was from, I was in a school. Uh, it was a Catholic school, not from the Catholic church, but it was like a cultural Catholic school with a lot right. of Irish people. There was 150 people in my year group, and I was the only Christian. Wow. So I had very few Christian friends. The pastor's son was my best friend. He went on to be my best man when I got married. Like He was my one Christian friend growing up. Was he in the same school as you? No, he wasn't even the same school as me. So oh, all of my friends around me, yeah, they, they weren't Christians, but they were good friends. and They respected? They did respect it, actually, more, more than I sort of thought they would when yeah, I went into yeah, exactly. high school, secondary yeah. school. Um, so yeah, but it was it wasn't always easy, mm -hmm. um, and I remember I remember people noticing as well. Actually, straight away, I remember when I was eleven and I just started 
high school. Some I don't know how, but we got into a conversation about faith in the playground, some girls. <laughs> and I was like, actually, no, I do believe. And they were so angry that I could actually believe in God wow. in a modern day and age. And they're 11-year-olds. Wow. And within like 10 minutes, there's like 15 people like circling me and like pushing me and stuff. And just they probably didn't realize what was going on, no. why. Um, but yeah, it wasn't always an easy environment to be in yeah. Um, yeah. where I'm from growing up as a Christian. My goodness. So, yeah, it, it, it was hard. Um, and then my school actually went from sort of bad to worse. It wasn't the best of schools. Mm. It was okay when I started. Um, but then for lots of different reasons, uh, there was knife crime and stuff in the school. Mm. Okay. Lots of problems, quite a rough So the neighbor got rough. Yeah, neighbor got rough. And then the school had to do like a mini shutdown and reopen again right as I was coming to the end of school. No way. Uh, because it, of this? Because of this. And um, the te- a lot of the teachers got fired and that sort of thing. Ooh. So actually, um, I sort of flunked out of high school uh, at the end, like most of my <laughs> most of my friends did. Um, and then they had to reopen it. So I left high school with very little. Um, but I still had my faith all the way through yeah. that period of my life. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, God, I want to just be a regular 18-year-old. I want to go to college. I want to do these things. But I didn't have, have that ability because it was all taken away from yeah. me. So what people did where I was from, people joined the army. Uh, they went to work in the factories or they worked at the port. Uh, the port of Dover. No um, way. And there were different things. What did you choose? I worked in the factory for a little while yeah. uh, when I was 18. I remember I met uh, a guy who'd been there almost 50 years. And he was like, wow. you know what? You work here 50 years. When you retire, they give you a gold Rolex. And I was like, dude, I can't be working Joy. here for, for that. <laughs> I'm not going to. Yeah. Wow. So I, I tried to do lots of different things. But actually, um, I knew I wanted to do something for God full time. Mm. Uh, and I wanted to do some mission work or something like that. Um, and I tried to do all these other like regular things, but God sort of shut all those doors off for me. Mm-hmm. So the only way I could go was working for him and with him. And I knew nothing about how to go about working in mission or anything. And my dad just recommended, he's like, hey, we've got uh, links uh, with Operation Mobilization as a church. Go with them. Do something with them. Uh, and I was like, yeah, cool. Where, where shall I go? And he's like, well, actually, we've got missionaries in Madagascar right now. He said, if that's too out there, try that. Um, so actually the church, yeah, the church like really rallied around me actually, uh, cause yeah. they're like, okay, he's a young guy. He's been here all his life. Yeah. He loves Jesus. He's faithful. He's flunked out of high school. He wants to go do some stuff. Let's support him. So they really rallied around. Um, so I worked for operation mobilization for a year when I was straight out of high school in Madagascar first in Madagascar. Yeah. Uh, and then I came back, um, and for a little while I worked, Did you have some awesome testimonies yeah it was it was an intense yeah yeah, it was an intense time um it was really intense time actually Mm -hmm. Uh, but we were working in a set of islands uh, in the north of the country that aren't even on the madagascan map so there's just these small remote islands and and we had to drive like uh, 24 hours uh, to get there uh, to to these islands (laughs) actually a really cool testimony that wasn't just just a side point but this this was really cool what happened um well sort of cool but we were meant to be we had tickets to get on the ferry to get to these islands and it was mm-hmm. a 24 hour drive um, but we were a day late because there was someone coming from the states and she was changing in South Africa and she missed her flight and she had to wait another so 24 so you had to hours. wait for her as well then we had to wait 24 hours for her but we all had our tickets uh, for, oh, for this ferry yeah. and at that time there was an election campaign happening for the presidential election there yeah. and we were on the same boat as one of the presidential candidates and cool. it was but her uh, security guard was a suicide bomber. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and everyone was killed. On but that you boat. were you didn't go on that one. We didn't go on because that you waited because we waited oh a day my goodness. Uh, because we were waiting what for this this lady that missed her flight. So they were like, "This is the situation in Madagascar. This wow, is the sort of thing, bro. you know." And we were like, "You know, you can jump, you can sort of juggle between that was God's protection on us, but then what that, about the others? What that, about the others? Yeah, yeah." So, yeah, that that was quite hard to deal with. As how in, do you? Yeah, as an eighteen-year-old. Share that as well. testimony, as in, like, God saved us, but all those people died. Yeah, it's just grace. It's just grace, and I think you can't really, you can't really speak beyond that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could think about it and course, theologize it, but actually, the situation was actually just quite a hard one for an eighteen-year-old yeah, to deal with. Yeah, So, um, yeah, you had to sort of deal with things quite a bit beyond what you'd had to deal with before. Right. Um, so then coming back to real life in the UK, that was actually quite a hard time. 
Um, but yeah, I came back and then um, I worked briefly for one of the God television channels that you get on TV, <laughs> uh, praying for people over the phones. Uh, and that funded the next part of my time with OM. And I mm. worked in the Philippines after that. Right so yeah, that was also a really, really great experience, yeah. but also quite intense yeah. in its own different way. You, you work, at least if I understood right, you worked for the Church of England. Yeah, when that's true. When did that true. happen? So after I came back from working for OM... Uh, I worked at a Christian conference center uh, in the southwest, which is where I met my wife. Uh, Faroese. Faroese, yeah. In England. In England. Um, <laughs> we'd actually already worked with the same people in Southeast Asia, uh, but just a little bit apart. Okay. Uh, and never met. OM. Yeah. <laughs> and then we met in rural. Oh, funny. Yeah. Yeah, North Devon. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I worked for them, and I was just taking a year, really, to serve in that place and not mm. give out because I had this really intense year. Uh, and in that time, um, a lot because the Church of England was really a living church, really active church. Uh, mm -hmm. There was a lot of yeah. people going through this process to be to work full time for the Church of England when okay. I was there, and yeah. they all went on to be ordained ministers. Right on. And people just kept on saying, you know, you should think about that, or just have a conversation with the people that you yeah. need to. Uh, and I was like, yeah, maybe, but not yet. Uh, and I did this year, and then afterwards, I was meant to go study um, at a mission training college that had agreed to take me on with no qualifications from high school. Blessings. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but then I just felt that wasn't the right thing, and I, right. I just gave it up. And then I didn't know why, but then within a week of giving that up, someone from my church had called and said, there's like a ministry year in this church near Birmingham, where you're from. It's a really rough place, and it's an Anglican church, Church of England church, mm. and they want like an apprentice for the year. Uh, do you want to go do it? And there's a f an apartment thrown in and everything. So I just said, yes, yeah. that sounds like the right thing to do. Yeah. Uh, so I was just, I just trusted God with it. And then mm. in, I worked there for a year, uh, a place called West Bromwich, West Bromwich Albion for football fans. <laughs> um, yeah. And that was, it was a really rough and ready place, but a wonderful place to do mm. ministry. Mm. It was a 90% Sikh and Hindu. So it was really, Wow, yeah, and very bro. few, very few Christians in that place. Mm -hmm. So we were like um, just a few people being missionaries for this Church of England church there. Did you get a lot of cold shoulders from the families that were? Yeah, a little bit, but a lot of them. There's some amazing testimonies about okay. how they, in the Punjabi-speaking uh, world, how yes. how they met Christ themselves and become Christians. And so we had our little mission church. And then after ours, there was a Punjabi-speaking congregation of people that become Christians. Beautiful. But in that year, I went through the process with the Church of England. Okay. Long way to answer your question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was selected that year to train. So it's quite it's quite a long process in the Church of mm -hmm. England. You have to be like probed and prodded and interviewed for a, once a month for a year. Mm -hmm. uh, and then if they and then you go for a three-day interview panel with other people going through that process, mm -hmm. and they ask you about absolutely everything about you. They assess everything about you and it's just saying everyone's got a call in their life but is this the right vocation the right calling for you to yeah. work full-time to be ordained in the church of england uh, and they recommended me to train so then after that i completed seven years of training in the church first theological degree at bible college uh, and then i had to work as like an assistant pastor for four years yeah so that was that was also in the same area did you stay there yeah, or did you go somewhere else to it, do that it was part? it was all in the middle of england i went to nottingham after that and nottingham. then yeah nottingham yeah <laughs> uh, and that's just down the road from west bromwich so it's all in the middle of england yeah and yeah, we, yeah. yeah lived there very happily for seven years yeah and in that seven years yeah when did you connect with your now wife so we yeah we were like dating at the beginning of that time. Were you okay? Yeah, we'd met in this year before when we worked at this at that conference place. At the conference place, yeah. She was volunteering there. She was volunteering there, like okay. I was. Uh, and and she saw your hair. Yeah, she just... saw the hair. Couldn't resist. <laughs> maybe it was the, maybe it was the accents. Yeah. Yeah, we joked that we weren't actually too keen on each other to begin with. <laughs> That's, I'm not going to talk about that on the radio. But yeah, that that happens. And then we were um, in the year that I worked for this church. We were 15 months apart. And we saw each other just like four times. Oh, that's rough. I know. And that then feeling, bro. <laughs> she moved. Yeah, you know how it goes. Then she moved to England. Then we got married. We moved to Nottingham. We lived there. We worked with the church, and yeah, it went from there. It was great. And what made you guys decide to come here? Well, like when you finish this, your first sort of placement, your first role as an assistant pastor. That's four years after mm -hmm. you've studied three years of theology and yeah. Bible studies. Uh, they usually offer you a position to take on a church as the pastor. And they were offering me these, but they're like a 10-year minimum commitment. Ooh. And I was like, you know what, the age we are... Not ready for that. 
Yeah, not really. I mean, what's the rush? I'm, mm. I'm a young guy. Uh, but also, we're like, if we do that, we're going to miss out like a whole chapter of life that we could spend in the Faroe Islands mm. with a young family. Yeah, you know, yeah. we'd spent so many years in the UK. Yeah. Well, like, her family's turn to have us. And we wanted to. We felt that was right. We felt cool to do it. Okay. Uh, just to come and be here. Yeah. And, yeah. But what are you doing? What's your everyday like here on the Faroe Islands? Well, I'm waiting for like my residency permit for from Denmark. So you're here illegally? No, I'm here Sorry, legally. Please, no, le- le- <laughs> legally waiting. So, yeah. I'm and actually, actually, my mandate from the church, they, in England, they were just like, you know what, take a year or so out and just be involved in, in ministry and life there. And are they taking care of you financially while you're away? Or how does that work? Yeah, so we, we were quite fortunate. We had like... Actually, my grandfather, he, he left us some money before he died. And, okay. and that sort of backed us up. And we put some money aside ourselves yeah, yeah. for like this, this year. So. so what does your everyday look like here on the right, right, Zimbra, right now, I mean. Yeah, right now waiting, waiting for, for all my resident stuff. Okay. Uh, and not much really other than just trying to be involved and, and network with people. Yeah. So we were, I got quite involved with Bethesda and yeah. the youth work there. Yeah. So that was really cool. We really enjoyed that. And st- still, still a part of it, still go along okay we can talk later dude. yeah I think, yeah because yeah. yeah you're just you're an amazing person and you're like a bucket full of resources i mean yeah i mean on. i mean since we've been here as well i mean yeah it was great to really network with bethesda and at the church there and i really i really love it there yeah but we've moved here obviously and also since we were here we were asked to go to greenland as well uh, to help with youth, youth work there and the youth camps. Are you going to do that? We've done that al- already last summer. Uh, okay. And then what's been really fantastic is being a part of like a wider network here of trying to get the word out about the mission in Greenland, which people in the Faroe Islands mm-hmm. obviously know a lot about, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and the support network, yeah. uh, and going around trying to get more people, more young people to, to yes. go this year. So there's a, they're going again this year, and I would have loved to go, but... Yulia, my wife, is pregnant, and she's due in August. Ooh, so that's really exciting. Yes. You're going to um, be a daddy soon. Yeah, going to be a daddy, Dude, number one. Thanks, man. Yeah. Right on. So, yeah, that's been really... So uh, you got your hands full. Yeah, that, that's been really fun, though, actually. I, that's been a real, a, a really amazing part of yeah. our time in the yeah. last year. Um, what You know, everything with Greenland. I'm so happy for you Everything with youth work. So happy for you guys. Family. And, and it is a very nice country to raise a, a young family. That's what everybody says, yeah. and we 100% agree. Yeah, yeah. so... I am looking. F- no, I won't say anything. It's a good place. <laughs> ask, a me, place. ask me in like six months to a year. Yeah. I think how I'm finding it. I'm sure it'd be great. Very, very cool. All right, we're gonna jump to a song, and we come back. Then I'm going to. We're gonna talk about the subject. You know, how can we? You know, the the the, the father's heart, and mm-hmm. it's along the lines of how can we align our hearts with his. So we'll just see where where it leads us. Nice one. Very cool. All right, so we are going to play. Million Little Miracles. Here you go. All my life I've been carried by grace. Don't ask me how, cause I can't explain. It's nothing short of a miracle I'm here I've got some blessings that I don't deserve I've got some scars, but that's how you learn It's nothing short of a miracle I'm here I think it over and it doesn't matter I know it comes from above I've got miracles on miracles A million little miracles Yeah, Miracles on miracles Count your miracles One, two, three, four I can't even count them all steady so I wouldn't give up You open doors that nobody could shut I hope I never get over what you've done I want to live with an open heart I want 
not coincidence and it's not luck I know it comes from above I've got miracles on miracles A million little miracles Million little miracles Taste test Taste teaser test <laughs> Whatever you want to call it There you go By Elevation and Maverick And all those wonderful people So you're welcome to listen to that on your favorite music streaming platform. But I wanted to get back because, wow, we already used like 30 minutes and Man. such an exciting story. You know, what amazes me, um, the different, how God leads people the way that he does, yeah. how he never forgets them, mm -hmm. even though you might find that growing up in a Christian family, oh, this is boring. Is this all that life's about? And then you have this revelation of who he really is. Yeah. Or you run away from him. But yeah, he's always been there with you. And that, that's kind of like my, my background. You know, I ran away from him so many years. But then I realized I wanted him back in my life out of desperation. Um, but when I went to this Christian program to get help because I had an addiction problem for many years. Yeah. Uh, we would have these guest speakers come in just to inspire us and equip us, helping us redefine our identity, all these wonderful things. And there was this guest speaker one time, and he started off his preach by saying, look, guys, I've never done drugs. I've never even tasted wine. So I do not understand what you've been through, and I'm sorry for that. All I can do is share about my life with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And everyone, you can hear a pin drop. Yeah. Just by the way he did shared it that way, his honesty yeah. and his testimonies about how God used him from childhood to adulthood to family, from church to church and all of these uh, failures and successes. And I mean, it was like, whoa, it was so yeah. powerful, yeah. you know? A hundred percent. I think that we can get back onto that, actually, yeah. because I think as you approach God, as you talk about God, mm. we're going to talk about his heart. Yeah. I think honesty is the key thing because... Mm -hmm. You know, you can lie to yourself, you can be dishonest with yourself and your family, but you can't really be dishonest with God. You've just got to come as you are. He knows. He's been there with you the whole time. Yeah. You, and when you realize that he's been with you the whole time, then I think your your honesty level needs to go up. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you're really just denying yourself what you can, what kind of breakthrough you can have with him. Okay, so we're talking about the Father's heart. And uh, I wrote this little book booklet about the, the Trinity, and it was, it was called Triple Vision. And it's about how we need to have the three in one in our everyday life and what that looks like. Yeah. And so this chapter I concentrated on understanding in this brief chapter as much as you can, the Father's heart. Mm -hmm. And for me to understand the Father's heart is to understand how he looks at us personally. Because mm -hmm. the Father's heart is for his creation. Father's heart is to see us thrive as his creation, but most of all, with the authority that he's given humanity over creation, mm -hmm. right? So that's a whole other, we can go deeper into that another time. But I, I wanted to take the scripture journey to, to jump into this subject. And I think the, the first scripture I'm going to share, this is 1 John 3, 1, one of my favorite scriptures. It says, how great is the love uh, of the Father that he would lavish us with his love and call us Children of God. I love that word. Lavish. That's an amazing word. Someone tell us how to say that in Faroese. Write in the comments. <laughs> right. I know. Please let us know because that word lavish. I've explained it a few times, both in a Danish context and here. I was like, okay, you know, in America, I grew up eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah. You all grew up with Nutella. Yeah. Right. So imagine just getting yourself, you know, French bread. Yeah. Super thick cut. And then just getting the Nutella and just like, yeah, as much as you possibly just can. Just lavishing it on. And then when you take a bite, it just drips out the sides onto your clothes and your parents get annoyed because you're getting all messy. That's, that's like, that's lavish. That, that, that's lavish. Yeah, I think I don't need to add anything else to that description. <laughs> man. That was amazing. <laughs> that's always been my favorite way to explain what I loved that how you word said lavish. I loved how you said Nutella as well. How did you call it? Uh, yeah, Nutella. Nutella. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's Nutella. It's, well, I'm English, so we say nuts. Yeah, Nutella. Yeah, but we say things so different. You say yeah. Voss. We say vase. Yeah, that all that sort yes, of thing. We'll lame. talk about that we're later. We're so sorry. We'll talk about the Bible. We, we're now. sorry we ruined your language. <laughs> yeah, okay. And then, so, to amazing, right? Yeah. God causes his children. He lavishes with his love. But let's take this back a bit. 
James 1.17, you know, it talks about how God is the father of lights, mm -hmm. meaning the father of creation. Yeah. Right? Because light gives life. So that was a really good uh, example of that. So the creator of everything wants to lavish his personal love on us personally and call us his children. He has created everything, like everything. Mm. I think it says in Colossians that he holds creation in the palm of his hands. Yeah. Insane to think about. It's amazing. Right? To visualize that. And then in Revelations 4.11, it talks about like how he thought of us, therefore we exist. Yeah. So the creator of everything spent time thinking of you and me, you know, and poof, I thought of Simon, therefore he exists. Mm. And then to let you know that you exist in his thoughts, he says, I'm, la I'm pouring my love on you. Yeah. And I'm calling you my very own child. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I think that we, I don't know where we went wrong. Maybe it's been for a forever problem. Maybe it won't ever change until... His kingdom come, His will be done in fullness. But there's always been this identity crisis that humanity has been dealing with since the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And, and the only way that we can really understand, in my opinion, the Father's heart is to understand our identity in Him. What, yeah. What's that look like? Yeah. And so one of my favorite scriptures to go to, which we're going to break down here today, yeah. and I'm going to hand it over to you, mm -hmm. is Ephesians 2.10. Yeah. And it says, it has a few different translations. Um, this one, it says, we are God's masterpiece created to make masterpieces yeah. with him. That's a really and, cool translation. I like that one. Yeah. I like the word masterpiece. Uh, I guess another translation, it says workmanship. Yeah. We are God's workmanship created to do good works mm -hmm. that he prepared in advance for us yeah. to do. So before we were created, he already prepared for us to do awesome yeah. works. Yeah. Um, so that, for me, okay, if we're his masterpiece and he trusts us enough to have prepared uh, us to do good acts in advance because he trusts us, he believes in us, he's well pleased with us, all these wonderful things, you know, where are we missing the mark with understanding who we are in his eyes? Yeah, no, it's really cool. Yeah. That's such an amazing verse. Yeah. But, you know, with this, with Ephesians 2.10, Mm. understanding his workmanship, his masterpiece. I think if you really want to understand it, you've actually got to go back a chapter to mm -hmm. chapter one. Because when you're describing that, how God has lavished everything upon us, how we try and describe it, I'm like, how can we describe how good it is in words, what God has done for us? Right. Because if we want to try and get our hearts right and aligned with God, we need to understand what he's done for us. Yeah. How do we express that in words? Mm -hmm. It's hard, but actually, Paul, he does a really good go at it in the first chapter <laughs> of Ephesians. Yeah, yeah. So Ephesians, Ephesians 1, 3 to, to 14, mm -hmm. I don't know if you know, it's like this huge famous prayer. Actually, in Greek, this is one sentence. Yeah, isn't that insane? That's insane. And this is the longest sentence in the Bible. Mm. And he breaks this down for us. Mm -hmm. So let's just think, how does he approach God as we're thinking about, okay, how do we comprehend that, yeah. what we're talking about? Yeah. He starts there with, with praise. Mm. You know, it's like, blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. <laughs> you know, he's, and remember, as Paul is writing this, it's like he's so excited writing. He's not stopping to put any commas in, uh -uh. in the Greek. This is a, a long run-on sentence. He's just blurring yeah. out because yeah. he doesn't have the words. Yeah. But then he's like, he says exactly what we've just said. How can we be his masterpiece? Before he's, he's thought about us, before he's created us. Yeah. Yeah. He's saying he's done this. He chose us in him, mm. in Christ. And mm. that's really important. Yeah. That actually you are chosen in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. You are in Jesus Christ. So what is your identity? Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And that actually then what he's gone on to do for us, which he talks about, is in Jesus Christ. Yeah. So when God looks at you, he doesn't look at me as Simon. He doesn't look at Manuel's Manuel. He looks at us through the lens of his perfect son, Jesus Christ. Mm. And he looks at us as his perfect children. But there's some really cool things that he goes on to say. So he has that really long Can first Can I ask you something there. about that? Yeah, go for it. Um, totally agree with he looks at us through the lens of Jesus. Mm. Does he still see us? Yeah. Because we're his children. He calls his children. He doesn't say you're all little Jesuses. No. So how do we... So yeah, he's, he goes on to say this, this great word, which I think is just very straightforward. You're mm. adopted as my children. Mm. You yeah, know, you yeah. are my children. It's not like you are like Jesus. Actually, I've adopted you as well. 
And actually, he, he says here in then verse 5, he says, in love, he predestined us for adoption. Yeah, yeah. In love. Mm-hmm. So you've got to remember, in its most straightforward form, we often talk about predestined, there's all this theology we can talk about by it, but in its most straightforward form, mm. that you were made to be loved. Yeah. And actually, so many people yeah. haven't heard that. When we were in Greenland last year, so many of the kids we were working with said they'd never heard that, that they were loved, that they were made to be loved yeah and then um actually it says you know adoption as children through jesus christ some actually in the greek i, t- I just think you, you're made to be adopted but then actually some people throw in like children or even like sons and people are like, oh, there's got to be children not sons but actually if you read some of the greek the, the son the first son is the word it used yeah you're you're the first son is the word specifically and the first son got the biggest portion so you are always meant to be the you, first you, son, you as an analogy. A, exactly. That's yeah. what it's saying. You mm-hmm. are adopted to have the best portion. Yes. The very best yeah. is made for you. Right. So as we approach God, we come in praise and remind ourselves, actually, this is who I'm intended to be. Yeah. So if you're struggling... Not in private, in confidence. Of, yeah, in confidence. Yeah. And then why? Because what has he done for us? From like verse 7, he goes on, it says, because in him we have redemption for his blood, forgiveness of our sins, mm-hmm. according to all the riches of his grace. Yeah. And he just goes on this, you know, make the word again, lavished, lavished. It goes <laughs> all the way through. And you, you are, you are made to inherit this. This, yeah. this is what you are made to be. I like how he says that the same intensity of the love that we read about in first John, mm-hmm. the lavish his yeah. love. He also equally lavishes his wisdom and understanding. Yeah. It's like hand in hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't have one without the other. No, it all goes together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it goes on to say in 1 John, you know, we love. Why? What what does our love flow from? We love because he first loved us. Yeah, exactly. In Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, that's really cool. And then he stops to breathe at the end of verse 14. He's said this huge, (laughs) long sentence. (laughs) Me and my kids are at the swimming pool scene. He could stay underwater the longest. So I, I wonder how long... You know him writing this, and then okay, now I can breathe. Yeah, and then go on. <laughs> but do you know what, what? What's he do straight away as soon as he catches his breath? Mm. Verse fifteen. He's like, <gasps> for this reason, mm. it's for everything. I've just didn't have the words to say in one yeah. breath before yeah. Yeah. about what he's yeah. done, how he's pre- how he's called us mm. to be his children. He's adopted us. He made us for this. For this reason, we can be confident in who he is mm. and what he has done for us. And that that is the father's heart. This is who he is, and it gave and and and, and it makes him excited to remember them and pray for them because of all this, and that they somehow have a realization of it through their faith. Yeah, and it gets him excited. Like yes, yeah, like-minded people. Yeah, exactly. You know, and he's writing all mm. this, writing all this stuff yeah. about how it looks like, what it looks like. If you right. look at Ephesians six chapters, obviously first three chapters. They're all the theology about what this love looks like and yeah. what God has done for us. Right. And then the second half, chapters four to four to mm. six, that's all the practical stuff. Yeah. Okay, then what does this look like in my life? Mm-hmm. So we can talk about it. I would encourage everyone, just go and read it for yourselves. Okay, yeah. What does it look like? And it sort of all culminates in uh, chapter five. It's like walking in love. How do we, what does that look like to walk in love? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then actually, how do we defend ourselves from when you feel Actually, you know, I know this is all true, everything that he's just said. Sometimes I don't feel it. What if I feel terrible? Yeah. You know, what if I'm feeling really low? What if I'm depressed? What if I'm anxious? What if I'm just struggling with my faith mm-hmm. and I want to believe it, but I can't? Mm. Then we get, you know, put on this great armor in chapter yeah. six, which I'm sure yes, all yeah. the listeners know about. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, and says throughout Ephesians 4, as you get through it, actually, even when we feel weak in faith, God keeps his faith in us. Yeah. We often remember that. You know, it's like, how much I can give? Am I being a good Christian? Is my heart in the right place? Mm-hmm. Actually, you know what? His heart is always in the right place. And his heart is always looking on us with love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's most fundamental point. It's, mm. it, this is what we're grounded yeah. in. I think it's a, a really good, like, how do we communicate this this first part, this identity, especially because you said, you, for example, you were in Greenland. Mm-hmm. And it was some. it was the first time some of them heard that they were meant... They were created to be loved, yeah. for example, but they never experienced it. No. So for them to say, how can this be true? You're saying it, but I've never experienced it. Yeah. What do you do in response? What do you say in response? Yeah. Do you know, I think you've got to show it. I mean, what yeah. do we say in response? I mean, mm-hmm. you've got to live it. And I remember yeah. thinking to myself, we bought, 
I don't know how, 15, 10, 15 teenagers from this country to Greenland. And actually the biggest witness was actually the Greenlanders just seeing how they were doing relationships and doing life together. What authentic Christian friendship, mm -hmm. brotherhood and sisterhood look like. Mm -hmm. And actually you were told later in Ephesians to walk in love, mm -hmm. to act it out and yeah. how we do it. Yeah. And, you know, actions speak very loudly. And Definitely. when you do it according to... We've got loads of instructions in the New Testament, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we're mm. going to fail a lot of it. But actually, we've got such detailed ways of saying, actually, you know, do it like this. Love, yeah. love people. Treat, very tangible. You know, love, love your neighbor. Mm. Yeah. It's just as you would love yourself. How yeah. do you want to be treated? Yeah, definitely. But actually, that then does have an impact on people. But actually, I think for those guys and in Greenland, and actually for a lot of, you know, my friends, for me... Actually, knowing that God is a God of compassion is so important. Mm. But I, I, I found this thing like, what is compassion actually? Because how many times is, is God called a God of compassion in Scripture? Like mm. countless times. But compassion like alludes to kindness and sympathy. But then there's something deeper, something even more profoundly powerful in its meaning. Uh, and the origin of, of that word, that sort of helps you catch its breadth and significance. Because in Latin, uh, it means... Compassion means to suffer with. Exactly. Which, which is really important to remember. Like compassion means someone else's heartbreak becomes your heartbreak. Yeah. Yeah. You know, another suffering becomes your suffering. Yeah. True compassion changes the way we live. Yeah. And actually when we feel broken, mm. that is the heart of God. Mm. That he comes down to meet us. Yeah. And you know, in, in who he is. Yeah. You know, again we want to look at the Father, what does he look like? What's his heart look like? What, what is his image on earth that he sent to us? Look at Jesus. Look yeah. at how he was. Yeah. And then he's also not challenging us, but trusting in us, his church. They'll know you're my disciples by the way you love each other. Yeah. So he's like saying, hey, some of them, they've never read the Bible. They don't know my son, Jesus, but they're going to get to know you. Yeah. And so when we come with this Amen. saying, you know, there's a God of compassion who has been suffering with you. Mm -hmm. He's heard your prayers. Yeah. He's or your cries out of suffering and he has sent us on behalf ambassadors, yeah. representatives whatever, you know, to to maybe suffer with you, maybe to help you through it, maybe help you rise above it, whatever. Yeah. That season is for them like that's what we're here for. Yeah, completely. Yeah. And you know, it can be quite a scary prospect. I mean, we, we spoke about honesty earlier and we said we'd come back to that. Mm. Actually, you know, God sees your heart. He knows your heart. Yeah. You've got to be honest. And I yeah. remember um, I remember hearing someone say, actually, you know, approach God. How does how did Paul begin this letter? He approached God in praise. Yeah. Do we always have to be like totally 110% happy and glorifying <laughs> God when we praise mm. him? Yeah. Do we have to be on cloud nine all the time? Actually, God wants us to come as we are, honestly. Yeah. So I remember someone saying, you know, if you're tired and you need to, when you want to pray, and you're like, I'm tired, just start with that. You know, God, I'm here and I'm tired, mm -hmm. but I still want to come. I still want to know you. Yeah. In this way. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about it before we started the show. Just how many times you read the Psalms mm -hmm. and David, like, because we we're we we're talking about the season of of worship songs. Yeah. And some some uh, some some of my mentors brought this point to me about like you know there's so many worship songs and they're always just singing about me 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 and no one's talking about the god of this and what he can do in that and yeah totally agree we, there needs to be a balance yeah but it was a bit of an overkill because every time a song said me they didn't want to sing it yeah and i'm like wait a minute the psalms like almost every psalm david's about me 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 but then he ends about you 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 yeah exactly and i think that's that's what happens in our testimony with, yeah. with, with Christ. You know, you look at what David does in the Psalms. This is what my life is like. I am like this. I'm like this. Yeah, and then yeah. that naturally brings you to contemplate, why is this happening to me? Why are these bad things? Why mm -hmm. is life like this? You think about the bigger things in life. Yeah. Hey, well, who, who made life? What is life for? Mm -hmm. And it reorientates you yes. back to yeah. Christ. So, yeah. I, you know, use the Psalms to help you pray that way if you struggle yeah. to pray that mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, a friend of mine, one I, I told you just before the show, a good example of this, he was really struggling with a lot of different things in his life. Mm -hmm. he, was, he, he was depressed. Uh, and ultimately, he, he was just, he was desperate to be married, actually, and it just wasn't <laughs> happening. A lot that of people, can be depressing. <laughs> it can be depressing, but, you know, a lot of people struggle with that. But, you know, he, he was given a word by someone in his church, and it was uh, Psalm 34, actually. Yeah that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted mm. and saves the crushed in spirit. And then this lady had a specific word just for wow. him saying, 
and God knows you and he sees your tender heart and he was like great thank you and he just put it aside you know yeah. you feel bad you go to church people say nice things whatever mm-hmm. and then a week later he was waiting in town for a coffee with a friend on street corner looking low and a lady walked past him and she looked at him quite funny and then carried on walking and he had no idea who she was and then she came back to him and she said I'm really sorry I don't know if you're a Christian but as I walked by you my head filled with this verse from the Bible Psalm 34 the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and he saves the crushed in spirit and then she said, and also I just had these words just for you, I felt, to tell you. She said, Again, I don't know if you're a Christian, but the Lord knows you. He sees you and he knows your tender heart. Ex- exactly the same words as what wow. this person in the church had said to him before. Yeah, yeah. And again, that's exactly back to Ephesians, you know, that actually God meets us where we are at. Mm-hmm. He made it, he thought about us before all of these things. Yeah. Why? So yeah. he could love us. Why are you created? Yeah. So you could experience the perfect love mm. that's within the trinity within mm. the father son and holy spirit so much love that it needs to be shed he needed yeah. created he needed yeah. his children to be created here is it, uh, two two things did he get married right after did you find it <laughs> no <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know he is now married but it took it was like 10 years later he got married. wow yeah, but that long. helped him in that yeah. season yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The, another so thing these things aren't yeah. always immediate that's so cool another thing real quick because i wanted to just do like this meditate on this word masterpiece Mm -hmm. we're talking about good works and we're going to talk about you know how to apply this uh, after the break uh but that word workmanship Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times we think because it is true we need to not just uh speak about god's love we need to show it yeah right but in this particular expression of good works it's verbal Mm -hmm. it's where we get the root word that we use for poetry yeah isn't that interesting? That's amazing. And so like the testimony that you just shared right now, God prepared for her to pass by your friend with a good axe mm. of a verbal yeah. act of praise yeah. that he needed to hear. Yeah. Do you know something really important? Wow. That's amazing. Something really important on that. There's this guy who's um, an English guy and he, he's really got the gift of prophecy. He's a famous guy, mm. runs a lot of youth work. Yeah. But he said, when you try these things, you know, if, so, if you feel God's giving you a word, you know, if it's in line with scripture, everything yeah, you know to yeah, be true, yeah. of all of that stuff, you know, if you say it, just try. So just say it out loud. You pass on in the street, just say it if you feel you've got that word for them. Because yeah. you know what? You could save their life. Yes. And if you don't say it, yeah. you, you know, you know, what's mm-hmm. the harm in saying it? But, you, you know, they could lose their life potentially. Yeah. yeah. And we've gotten a lot of confusion with what old saints have said and understandings. I, I, I can't remember his name right now, but it was like, you know... Um, uh, we always say preach the word of God and use words if necessary. But it was actually share the love of God mm-hmm. and use words if necessary. Exactly. And we've got to confuse. So people are okay with not prophesying. Yeah. People are okay with not preaching the word of God in one uh, platform or another because, oh no, uh, showing acts of love is enough. Yeah. But Paul challenges us. How can they hear the word of God if no one yeah and james goes on to speak about that you know faith yes. without actions what 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 is it worth yes you know yes, that's exactly. so important that they go hand in hand mm-hmm, definitely okay we're gonna play a song we'll come back dude this is good stuff i hope you guys are enjoying it too because i i'm like getting fed here amen we're gonna play a song we'll come back those listening this is really good stuff but how can they use it in their everyday yeah all right cool very cool so our next song glorious day from passion here you go I was buried beneath my shame who could carry that kind of weight it was my turn Till I made I was breathing but not alive All my failures I tried to hide It was my dream yeah. Till I
Christian Stanfield. Welcome back to uh, the show if you're just joining us. Wow. Make sure you listen to this video later because Simon here and me, we've just been digging into his word and just, yeah, God's revelation from his word, which is living and active, is just Sharp amazing. Sharp a two-edged sword. Yeah, right? This yeah. has been some good stuff. Very, very good stuff. Let me get us back on video. Lower this song here. And um, so we are going to try and uh, wrap this up with a few minutes that we have. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, dude, the hour goes by fast. You do a part two later. Get yeah, someone we can, else we on. You can always do part two. <laughs> right on. But this is, okay, we've been talking about, um, based from Ephesians 2.10, yeah. that we're God's masterpiece. Mm -hmm. And to understand that, you said first, you have to go back to the prayer, mm. the praise prayer that Paul wrote yeah. uh, in, in Ephesians 1. and. The whole theology behind that and our identity is in those first couple chapters. But then you got the other side. Yeah. Right. And that's the application. Yeah. That we were talking about. And and for me, what I really want to do is make sure that the listeners somehow go away encouraged and equipped. Okay. I know what you're saying there, you guys, but but I still struggle with my identity and how God can use me. Can you help me? figure out a way to overcome this yeah in my everyday life what would you say i think yes yeah, a very good question and mm. um, you know it's important to listen to the questions where well, we've got two ears and one mouth we should mm. listen twice as much as we speak huh? mm -hmm. but actually go back to the scriptures and read for ourselves the truth of who it is we are mm -hmm. in christ mm -hmm. read the promises out loud for yourself yeah. because Everything else flows from that. And people often say, I want God to speak to me. He has in his word. And he's, yeah. he's told us these promises. So we need to remind ourselves of those things, I think, yeah. and then let it flow from that. I mean, he, the, even in the Old Testament, it says to meditate mm -hmm. on the laws yeah. day and night. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that, at least for me, when I was doing that transformation, going yeah. through that transformation, sorry, uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, it was... Just digging into the word, meditating yeah. on it, memorizing scripture, yeah. and using it for like different temptation battles that I have gone through. Even to this day, I quote scripture yeah. because it helps edify me. That's really important. And I think that word meditate, uh, that's a practical thing people can do. How often do we stop to be still and meditate yeah. in our daily lives? Yeah, and exactly. I, I try and I fail doing this every day, but yeah. I try and get it done most days. Mm -hmm. But I pray through the so same... Is it a failure? Like... Do you know what? I remember uh, one of my teachers, one of my lecturers saying to me that he has like four or five good quiet times in his week. And he says he doesn't try to do seven anymore after 40 years in yeah. ministry because he's, yeah. he was just setting himself up to not do it. Mm. And actually, that's okay. And actually, as little or as much, who says it has to be 50 minutes yeah. of yeah. constant you prayer? You actually know what you need you do. to get closer to God. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. as long as we're doing those things to get closer to God, that's that, what it's all about. That, that's the main thing. Yeah. But for me personally, I try and pray through the same prayer every day. I use mm. Psalm 51. Uh, mm. Just one verse, you know, like, Father, put in, I know that who I am in Christ. and I'm forgiven. Yeah, creating me a clean heart and put a, new, a right spirit within yeah. me. And then I just try and say, and this may be the more practical, but how when you know who you are in Christ, and how do you show this to people if you want to reach out people? Right. I just pray every day, help me to love others as you love them. Mm -hmm. And to see them as you see them, mm. you know, and help me to think about what I say and do. Yeah. This then always, you mm -hmm. know, that's the practical side for me. Because mm -hmm. if I look at you, you're my brother in Christ. And how cool is that? That we're from different heritages, different countries. We've both ended up in this country. Right. We've known each other however long, not too long, <laughs> but we're brothers in Christ. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look at you. You know, I look at you. You are my brother, and love Thank you, you and love Appreciate you it. like that way. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? Then do that with your friends. Do that with your family. Do that with the people you struggle with. Yeah. 
actually when actually it's really hard to be a good christian because someone's a real pain <laughs> uh, whatever actually try and love them as and see them as god sees them mm. because actually he's he's they're also his masterpiece yeah that's easier said than done yeah, but course, actually but... when you align your heart right with the promises of god with who he says you are with what we're made to be in scripture the more time you spend there naturally you know the easier this stuff does become yeah yeah i think yeah you're you're spot on like we can go to the scripture to understand our identity we can go to the scripture for even guidance on on what what is love when it says that we should love others what is love go mm-hmm. to first corinthians 13 yeah best definition of love that there is it's right there and 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 then apply that to your everyday life but no no but and in your everyday god is gonna give you good works to do specifics yeah in your everyday that are tailored to that current situation yeah. and i think getting your mindset right mm. is really important in yeah. that actually um to be expectant that god is going to bring yeah. people into your path in your day yeah to be expecting that actually god has be plans. expecting yeah be expecting actually be like okay god i'm here and that doesn't have to be like you know you're laying hands yeah. praying on every person that walks by you mm-hmm. or you're having a prophecy like with my friend you know every time you walk by someone yeah, yeah. but actually just simply walking in the ways that you're called to walk acting in the ways that you're called to act like when i said my peers at school they knew i was a christian by the fact for example i didn't swear mm-hmm. as much <laughs> no i didn't swear it, uh, only english yeah. swearing <laughs> yeah but you yeah. know people people can see the difference yeah. in you and people and actually people even if they're not aware of it they're actually sensing the holy spirit at work in your life yeah. and people will be like you know I, what i sense a good vibe from you there's some sort of vibe yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. dude we gotta go man this has been amazing it's been really fun yeah thank you so much i would love to have you on the show again and, and yeah thanks uh, for having me yeah, yeah most welcome would you bless us by closing us in prayer and then just yeah what we've talked about today that it would go further to those listening be my now pleasure and later yes yeah, my pleasure gracious heavenly loving father thank you so much that um, we have this platform to be able to talk about these things thank you that we everybody listening we are all your masterpiece yeah, and thank on. you thank you that you have adopted us and we can be called your children children of god and i pray for the listeners of this show uh, anyone out there that is struggling uh, with knowing that god is a god of compassion knowing that god is there for them actually just with faith itself lord reach out to people now come by your holy spirit yeah. and i pray that you would restore our hearts remind us of the promises of who we are in you in your son jesus christ to be loved as you love him. And we are one with you now, Lord. And we thank you. And we pray in his mighty name. Amen. 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 All right, everybody. Pray you have a good week. As always, if you need anything, find Simon on Facebook or Instagram. Send him a message. Happy to have friend requests. Yeah. (laughs) Pray and help you on this journey. Get a hold of me. I'm here. And uh, we'll see you next week. Be blessed, y'all. Bye.